0: again to be standing here and sharing god's word with you it's it's something that i've been enjoying doing more and more and today i have an exciting topic so our second part of our christmas series talking about hope okay i can see my notes now it's great <laughs> i thought i printed them a bit smaller than normal so hope is one of those things that we all have in common you know we we hope things go well we, ha- we have this longing inside of us so often the truth is that we hope for, for many, many things. You know, around this time of the year, we hope that we get that Christmas present we wanted. That Christmas present we've seen in the shop the whole year or on take a lot for the last four months. And then every now and then it's on special and you wonder if you should get it yourself. And then you go, maybe someone will get it for me. Some of us here are hoping for better work hours next year or for that deal to go through or for that payout to come that someone's been promising you. We live in a world where we hope for so much, we hope all the time. And when you walked in, we, if Debbie found you, she, she asked you to give your guess. You know, how many sweets you think are in the jar. And there's some today that are hoping that they can win it, because they have a very sweet tooth, and this will see them through the sermon, I'm sure. So during worship, I was, I was handed the piece of paper, and the decision is final. Um, all complaints can go in writing. Right I'm not sure where to, but John Grunewald. Oh. They're 48. 48. And his guess was 48, so we can't, we can't argue there. I was hoping that there wasn't going to be two people because it was going to be awkward trying to share it with one jar. So, so you can have yours in a polystyrene cup. And... All right, so, so hope is one of those things that, that pushes us through difficult times. Often it helps us dig deeper when we're not sure what's going on. You know, we hope for a better outcome. We hope that things might go well. But the question today is we need to answer, what is hope? If we're talking about this hope, what, what is it? You know, how do we best define it? The world defines it as follows. It is a blind chasing after something. It's a good feeling we get when we know things are going well. Or it's something we, we lose when things don't go well. We feel ho- help, hopeless that there's nothing going our way. Hope has also been defined as wishful thinking. If you just think about it enough, you you hope it will happen. You hope things will go your way. There's no security. There's no foundation. It's just a wishful thought. However, the the Bible defines it as, as something different. Oh, the dictionary, before we get to the Bible. The dictionary defines it as following. It is a desire accompanied by an expectation. So it is a wanting of something followed by an expecting of it, a hoping for it. There's something more concrete, there's something more solid there. However, the Bible defines it as follows: It is a confident expectation. It is not something that is wishy-washy or or hopeful, but it is confident, it is secure. Hope is a firm, firm assurance regarding the things that are unclear and unknown. And that you can find that in Hebrews eleven verse one. Hope is a fundamental compo- component of the life of a righteous person. Psalm twenty-three verse eighteen. Without hope, life loses meaning. Lamentations three verse eighteen. In death there is no hope. Isaiah thirty eight verse eighteen. The righteous who put their hope in God will be helped. Psalm twenty three of Psalm twenty eight verse seven. So we see that hope is more than some wishful thinking, hope, but rather hope is secure. It is a reality for those who believe. We are called to live both in hope now and hope for the future. So why is hope such an important aspect for us to look at? And, and the reason is that the world offers hope that is fleeting. It is like the mist in the morning. It is there and it's thick, but by, by 12 o'clock it's gone and you have no idea that it was there anymore. It disappears very quickly and the truth is that when we put our hope in people or things, those people or things change. Those people or things let us down. And we have to find somewhere else to put our hope again and again and again continuously. However, today we're gonna look at at a man named Simeon. So he was in the priest just before or he was in the he was in the temple just before Jesus was brought to be consecrated at about the age twelve days old. So there is a, a video that we're going to play, if, but if you would like to turn to Luke 2, verse 22 to 35, the, the video kind of runs through the story, so you can make sure that it's all biblical and, and all good. So Joe, you want to...
1: God's Story, Anna and Simeon. So part of God's story is about Anna and Simeon, and it goes like this. For hundreds and hundreds of years, God had been promising his family, the Israelites, a rescuer and king. He told them that this rescuer would come as a baby and would be his very own son. People waited a long, long, long time for the Savior to come. Lots waited their whole lives. Well, when Jesus was finally born, there was a man living in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was especially excited for God's promised king, because he loved God and followed him with his whole heart. He even got to talk to God through the Holy Spirit. Nowadays, anybody who follows Jesus gets to talk to the Holy Spirit any time. But before Jesus was born, the Holy Spirit only talked to some people and Simeon was one of them. Anyway, one of the things the Holy Spirit told Simeon was that the baby king would be born while Simeon was still alive. Since God had been promising the rescuer for hundreds of years, this was a big deal. Simeon would actually get to meet God's rescuer. He just didn't know when. On the night of Jesus' birth, angels appeared to shepherds and announced Jesus' arrival. They excitedly ran out, telling everyone they knew. But remember, there weren't phones or internet back then, so not everyone knew that Jesus had been born, including Simeon. A little while after Jesus' birth, the Holy Spirit told Simeon to go to the temple. He may not have known why, but he obeyed anyway. Good thing he did, because while Simeon was at the Temple, Mary and Joseph brought their new baby Jesus to the Temple too, to dedicate him to God. As soon as Simeon saw Mary and Joseph with Jesus, he knew who Jesus was. We don't know exactly how he knew, but he did. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and said, Lord, you are the king over all. Now let me, your servant, go in peace. That is what you promised. With my own eyes, I have seen what you have done to save your people. See, Simeon was getting pretty old, and meeting Jesus was the one thing he wanted in his life. Now that the Rescuer was here, he was ready to die in peace. There was someone else in the temple that day, a woman named Anna. For many years, she had stayed at the temple day and night, worshiping God through fasting and prayer, and talking to God through the Holy Spirit, like Simeon. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how long she'd been there, but by this time, she was 84 years old. She knew God well, and, like Simeon, she had been waiting for the king God had promised. Sure enough, Anna came by just as Simeon was talking to Mary and Joseph. Immediately, she praised God. The king was finally here, just as God promised. When Simeon and Anna met Jesus, they were overcome with joy. The Bible tells us that faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is being sure of what we do not see. Simeon and Anna were sure that God had promised to send a rescuer. They were sure he was coming. And when they saw Jesus, they were sure the rescuer had arrived. All because they had faith that God keeps his promises. And that's the story of Anna and Simeon. So in case you missed it, here's the quick version. God promised a rescuer. People waited. Simeon waited a long time. He loved God. God said he'd meet Jesus. Simeon met Jesus. Meeting Jesus was all he had wanted. Anna loved God too. She was waiting for a rescuer. She met Jesus. Simeon and Anna had faith. God kept his promise. And that's a part of God's story.
0: So that's found in Luke 2, 22 to 35. And we're going to preach through that. Um, I will point out a few verses as we go through just to, to build some more. But firstly, we see from the story that, that there was a past hope. Simeon knew that, that God had promised a Savior and that the promised Savior would come. As we look at the story of Simeon, we, we see that he was a devoted and righteous man. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, or, or in a, more, a better way that we know today, waiting for the Messiah, the one who would come. He longed for the Messiah. He hoped that he would see the Messiah that was spoken about. And, and what was his hope built on? What was his, his foundation for this? There were, there were two major reasons for, for, for him to have this hope, to hold on to this hope. The first one is that the coming Messiah was an event that was spoken about throughout the Old Testament. God had promised that he would send his Messiah. Many people longed for a king that, that would lead them out of Roman rule. A king that would establish the nation of Israel again. A king that would, would overthrow the governments around them and, and make Israel a strong nation. The Old Testament is full of prophecies regarding this, this king that would come. Many rejected the king because he wasn't what they thought he would be. But as we see with Simeon, he was longing for the Messiah, the one who would bring Israel back to God. And just three, three passages that, that gave him some hope in the situation. Isaiah four, 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. He read that verse and knew God was, was telling the truth. God would send his son. Isaiah 9 verse 6, For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. When you read that, is, that is talking about Jesus. That is the, the hope that Simeon held on to. And Mark 5 verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little among the clans of Judah, and from you shall come forth to me, one who is the ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from, from old, from the ancient of days. As we look at this, we see that Simeon's hope wasn't in man, it wasn't in in, in people around him, but his hope was in God. His hope was in God's Word, what God had said. He, he took God's Word as truth. He took the promises that God has made and, and he held on to them. He wasn't going to be shaken. He wasn't going to be moved. He knew that, that this was going to happen. And the second key reason is that he had this hope that he could hold on to because the Scripture says that God revealed to him through the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen Jesus. He would not die before he had seen the Lord, the Messiah, the one the whole Old Testament points to. This sounds like a great and secure promise. However, it required great hope. Notice in the story, the Holy Spirit didn't tell him when the Messiah would come, what day the Messiah would be born. Simeon was an old man. His days on earth were numbered. Every day he woke up going, Lord, I trust your promise, but let's hope it's today. You know, I don't know how long I have to wait. This promise promise was good. This promise was exciting. However, there must have been a part of Simeon that was wondering, is this promise ever going to come true? However, he he, he stayed faithful. His hope was secure. In that moment, his, his hope was secure because of who God is. God is the one who promised the Messiah, not man. Therefore, Simeon could hold on to that. His hope was built on the track record of who God is. So the question today is, is do we know who God is? Do Do we have a relationship with Him? Do we know what He's about? Because the truth is, how can we put our hope in someone if we're not willing to know who they are? How can we put our hope in someone if we don't know their character? How can we put our hope in someone if we're not prepared to trust them? And this is what Simeon did. He he put his hope in God because he knew God's character and God's promises. For those of us today who do know God, the question is, do we trust Him? If we're called to put our hope in Him, is our hope secure in Him? Or do we try to control things around us? Do we try to keep control of everything that, that's going on? Or do we allow God to be in control? I don't think God in in that sentence i don't think the point is that we we just sit back and do nothing and you know god give us the plans for the rest of our lives and like he, he requires us to act he requires us to be obedient to him but do we trust him in our obedience do we trust him as we make those decisions for our life do we trust him as we go forward each day and, and that is the 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 past hope that we can call on as we as we look back at God's track record, as we look back at what God has done in our lives, though we we can trust Him going into the future. A an example. So Megan and I are getting married in July, and we've kind of been talking about weddings and for a long time. And there's there's always been this part of me going, you know, how's this going to work? How are we going to afford this? How are we going to pay for this? You know. All these, all these issues that you, you deal with. But the other part of me goes, as I look back on my life, there's been moments where I didn't know where my next paycheck was coming from. I didn't know, you know, I, got, I used to get messages from FNB going, you don't have enough money in your account for your debit order, and the money would come the next day. So in that I'm going, God, this, if this is what you want, then I know you've, you've got a plan. You're going to make this happen. And that's the hope that, that we put our trust in. It, it's not, it's based on God's track record. It's based on what God has done for us. And, and in that, he's already been faithful in so many ways throughout the process. But secondly, we see that we also have a present hope, a hope that is now. Jesus, Simeon believed that Jesus was the Savior and the one he had hoped that God would send. As we follow the story, we see that all of Simeon's hope, all of his longing, all of his waiting was fulfilled when he saw Jesus. In verse twenty-nine of of Luke two, he says, "I can now die; let me depart." Why? Because your word has come true, God. My hope was not in vain. My hope was secure. My longing to see the Messiah, the hope that I will see him, has happened. My life is fulfilled. Everything everything you've promised has come true, Lord. Church, we live in a time where there's so much hurting and pain, suffering, heartache, everywhere we look. However, as believers, we are told in this, in this we can have hope. Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things that aren't seen. Our hope is rooted in our faith in Jesus Christ. As we spoke about it last week that that faith we need to live out our faith. Faith is what brings us to God. Our hope however our, our hope is not in our faith. However, our hope is in God. So often we, we talk I talk to people and they talk about how they how they're trusting in faith. And and the question is the rather the question should be how are we trusting in God? The one who our faith is built on. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, our hope is secure. We can live with confidence as we as we go through this world. We also have a present hope from Romans. If we look at Romans 15 verse 13, it says this: "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope." So God is a God of hope. And believing in Him brings joy and peace. Notice it doesn't talk about happiness and prosperity. It doesn't talk about everything going well. But rather it tells us that that in that we can still have joy and peace. We can still face the day with confidence. Because our our joy is found in the Lord, not in the situation. The Lord is the one who gives us strength. If our strength was based on, on the situations we were going through, our strength would go up and down every day. And there's a peace that comes from knowing that God is in control. It, it, it often just allows you just to take that breath and go, God, you've got this. God, you are in control, and, and I, can live, I can live with that. Sometimes I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why this is happening, but I can still live knowing that you are in control. And as believers, we have the Holy Spirit working in us. And this verse tells us an interesting aspect that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The Holy Spirit's work in us is also to produce more hope. Church, the danger of talking about hope is that that we have this idea that we can hope for heaven. We 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 have we've we've understood this idea of, of eternal life starts when we, we get to heaven. Eternal life starts when we when we die, in a sense. That our hope, is, our hope is for heaven, our hope is for time with God in heaven. But the Bible tells us today that we can have hope now. It's not just hope for the future, but rather it's also hope for the present. The hope that we're talking about is not just a big picture idea. And, and the best example I could think about is if you work in a big company, if you work in a big organization, at the start of every year you have a huge office planning meeting. And they run through the whole plan for the year the projected figures um they talk about new ideas new strategies new customers but by the end of the meeting you feel like you know you don't know where you fit in you feel like there's there's no if you weren't there this plan would still happen you feel like you weren't part of the the plan but the hope that we talk about yeah, the hope that we talk about in the Bible is not just a big picture, but rather it's a personal hope. That's a hope for each of us. That's a hope that we can all live out. And Simeon says, my eyes have seen God's salvation. When he, and That was when he saw Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. But Jesus is also your hope in this world. It's not just a big picture, but rather it's personal for you and for me. Without Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, there is no hope. The heartache, the pain, the suffering, the worry, and the uncertainties of life will weigh you down. You will carry it around by yourself, and there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. Because, I don't know about you, but if you look at the world, you feel like you've dealt with one worry and the next one just comes. You feel like there's one bit of uncertainty and the next one gets put on top of it. The heartache and the pain we face comes daily. However, as many will testify today, that Jesus is the rock that we can build on. The rock that doesn't move or shift. The rock that is secure and stable. Not just for the future, but for now as well. He is our ever-present help in time of need. There was a song that I was listening to on Friday morning, and the words were that Christ, Christ before me and Christ behind me, I am firmly held. And that's the hope that we have that, that it's not just into the future, but it's God with us in the past and God with us in the future. And that gives us hope to face today. And as a church, we, we call to have hope in this current season. We're called to put our hope not in we're not called to put our hope in man, but our hope in God. This is his church, we are his people, and he has a plan and purpose in all of this. We, we, like Simeon, are called to have hope. We are called to live this out. And finally, we see that we have a future hope, that Simeon knew his future was safe. He knew this because he believed that he would be part of God's kingdom. As believers, we live with a healthy tension that the Bible speaks about, of the now and not yet. We, we long for heaven, we long for, for glory, we long for eternity with God. But we don't have that yet. We are currently on earth where there is pain, where there is suffering, where there is disappointment. And we live with this healthy tension of one day, but not now. However, our hope is secure as we look forward to heaven. We will be part of the new kingdom. We, like Simeon, can say our eyes have seen your salvation that you, God, have prepared for us. We can trust this salvation. This salvation has been prepared for all people. There is no limitations. Everyone will see it will embrace all mankind. So this Christmas, let us remember that Christ is with us, which means we have a secure hope in our salvation. And the salvation that Simeon is talking about is the same salvation that that we talk about today. The Bible says it's a salvation for both the Jew and the Gentile. This salvation brings us hope. This salvation allows us to live with a secure hope. This salvation has been prepared for all people, that it can impact all people's lives. And there's two reasons that that Simeon addresses why why this hope why we can have hope for the future, and firstly he tells us that for the Gentiles, for you and I, that we have received the light of the revelation, because it because Jesus came before yeah, sorry before Jesus came, God was the God of the Jews, and for a Gentile to have access to God, he needed to become a Jew, he needed to follow the law, he needed to to follow the Jewish customs. However, in this passage, we see that this is not the case anymore. We have received the light of the revelation. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, our eyes have been opened, and more importantly, the way has been opened to God. What good would it be for our eyes to be open, for us to clearly see that, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, but have no access to him, have no way of getting to him? That would not give us any hope. But rather, because of, the, because of the cross that we we celebrated Easter, because of the death and resurrection of Christ, we have hope that, that our future is secure. Our eyes have been opened. We have received the revelation of God. And this Christmas season, we can celebrate that Christ is with us. And He's with us each day through the Holy Spirit, working in our lives. And secondly... Simeon talks about the glory to your people, Israel. This was one of those statements that I, I needed to do some research, because I was kind of going, what does this mean? But the simple answer is this. It is because of Jesus' birth that salvation is for all people. However, at the same time, it shows the darkness of the nation of Israel. Last week when we spoke about faith, we spoke about that the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem which is about 7 kilometers or 8 kilometers away from Jerusalem. And, and the, the Magi came from far to, to celebrate and worship Jesus. However, the, the, the priests and those in the, the temple didn't even make the effort to go see who was there. The nation of Israel was in darkness. They had disobeyed what God had said. They declared to be God's people but lived as a totally different people. And the coming of Christ would display to the world around them the, the glorious privilege that God had granted Israel. For centuries they were his people. And they still are. But because of the birth of Christ, the scope has widened. Because of the birth, and the birth of Christ, salvation can now come to all people. Because of Jesus, we all now have access to God. We now can experience the same glory of God. We can experience it now. And in heaven it will be complete. As, as you read through the Old Testament. Earlier this year I read through Exodus. And it talks about the. The pillar of fire and the, the pillar of cloud. That led Israel through the desert. And, and it was the glory of God that went before them. And Israel got to experience that firsthand. And in heaven we will get to see that every day. So as we wrap up. We have a hope that is secure. We don't hope blindly. Our hope in Christ is not just wishful thinking, but rather our hope is confident because of who Jesus is. Christ with us. In the past, when we were still sinners, he died for us. In the present, he has given us new life that we can live. And in the future, he is preparing a place for us. That is the hope that that we can live out. So the question is, what does this mean for you? How do we, how do we apply this? For the person today who is exploring Christ, seeking to understand who you are and what you're longing for, the simple solution is that we need to transfer our hope. Maybe your hope has been in your good works. You know, I've done enough. Or your hope has been in your own efforts, your own income, your own intellect, your self-sufficiency. It's all about you. The truth is that, that Jesus needs to become the Lord and King of your life. He's where our concrete hope is found. It's not found in, in ourselves, in our own efforts. Salvation, salvation is not a maybe situation. It's not a, it's not a what if. you know? Maybe God's having a bad day and that's the day I confess my sin, so I'm not sure where I stand. But rather the Bible tells us that hope, that salvation is secure, that we need to come before God, confess our sins, and remember that He is faithful to forgive us of all unrighteousness. That doesn't change. There's no T's and C's to that statement, that we need to confess our sins and, and confess Him as the Lord and King of our lives, and He is faithful to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And for us as a church and as individuals, in this season, let us live out the hope that we call to. Let us live up the hope that is inside of us. Let us not be the ones who, who mope around. Let us not be the ones who, who live like we don't have hope. Let us, be, let us put our hope in action. This season is one of many changes in our church, yet our hope doesn't change. Our hope is in God. He doesn't change. So as you face personal difficulties, struggles, family issues, and the unknowns of next year, let us be like Simeon and say, my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. And because of this, our hope is built on a solid foundation. A foundation that won't shift, a foundation that doesn't move. Because our eyes have seen the salvation of Jesus that he brings. Let us pray lord we thank you for your word lord thank you that your word calls us to have hope lord not hope in in things hope in people but hope in you lord and and as as believers we pray today that we will live out this hope that our hope will be secure we'll live out the secure hope lord lord that we know it is secure we know that that you hold it together lord and let us put our hope in you and not in situations around us lord Lord, so I pray for this us in this season, Lord, that we will remember that Christ is with us. Lord, that you are here. You are working in our lives today. Lord, and this produces hope. And Lord, we pray that tomorrow morning when we wake up and, and go to work for the last, the last week before we, we go on holiday, Lord. I just pray that in this again there will just be a hope that, that we live out, Lord, that people will see something different. Lord, that our hope will be secure, our hope will be resonating to the world around us, that it's not just something inside, but it's something that we have to live out, Lord. So, Lord, I pray for this in your name. Amen.